Puta da dolha! A chuba da nalha! I need parts for a J-Type 327 Nubian. Ah, yes! Nubian! We have lots of that. Pinake! Cabriaco! My droid has a readout of what I need. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast. This is episode number 520, Top 5 Prequel Ships. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Anakin Skywalker to my CC tin, we have Carl LeClaire. <laughs> that is, that's a comparison I don't know what to do with, Jason. It's so, well, it's so random, but I love it. They're the, uh, at least in the, uh, the Legends Clone Wars era, C.C. Tin was the greatest Jedi pilot before Anakin Skywalker came around. Oh, so, ooh. well, that's very nice of you to, to, to say that I am. I, I've bested you in the piloting department, Jason. Well, don't get cocky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Uh, I am so excited. Jason, we were talking. I mean, we just had the best time together a little over a week ago when i was out visiting you and man yes we got up to so much fun um but of course as as per like is going to happen when we're hanging out together we just inevitably at some point talk about what we want to do for future wampas lair episodes so for the next couple of weeks y'all we are going to be talking about our favorite ships in star wars broken down by era today we will start with the prequel era next week we'll be back with the original trilogy era and then closing out with Disney era in a couple of weeks. Um, so many good Star Wars ships to talk about, Jason. And love that we're starting in the prequel era. Because I feel like, if if I'm being honest, I think the prequel era has some of the coolest ships in Star Wars. There's some really good ones out here. And obviously, my favorite starship is probably from this era. Uh, which, of course, we'll get to by the time we get through our top five. Um Sharp-eared listeners out there will probably already know which one's my favorite, but <laughs> you know, we'll uh, we'll let everybody uh, see if their assumptions are correct by the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, Jason, with that, let's just let's dive into our fighters or freighters or starships here. And, and dive in with uh, with our number fives. Um, you know, I usually make you start, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do the honors this time and and kick it off with my number five. And my number five prequel ship is, of course, the Naboo. Oh my gosh, the Naboo Royal Starship, the J Type three two seven Nubian, the uh, the Royal Starship from Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Uh, absolutely love this royal ship um and of course we get three different versions of the naboo uh royal starship throughout the throughout the uh prequel trilogy but i just got to land with the, the the very first one that we got in phantom menace um 
I love these ships. All of them are beautiful, but there's just something so classic about that one in Phantom Menace. Um, it just reminds me of your quintessential uh, kind of science fiction starship, right? It's got the two mm-hmm. wings in the back. It's this really sleek design. Um, and and one of my favorite things about the ship is, in fact, just the the the, the chrome plating of it and the fact that it reflects mm-hmm. everything around it. And um, something that kind of highlights that to me is that that scene when they're landing the ship on Tatooine, you know, land near the outskirts. We don't want to attract attention. Um, <laughs> you know, and as they're landing, as the ship comes down, you get this really cool uh, glint of the twin suns off of the starship itself. And to me, it's like this be- like simple, beautiful symbol of the fact that uh, the whole point of the ship is to reflect the beauty of the world around it. Um, and and throughout the movie itself, you know, the, the Royal Starship kind of serves as this safe haven for Queen Amidala and her entire retinue, um, right? They're on the run, and yet whenever they're in the ship, there's a sense of safety. Um, this will be a common theme for a lot of my ships, Jason, over the next couple of weeks. Is I, <laughs> I, I love when ships can provide these kind of – these safe spaces for our crews to be together. Um, and uh, – yeah, I just I, I love the ship for all these reasons. Um, and I think also worth noting that it obviously has no weapons. Right. Uh, and, and that's clearly highlighted as they're, you know, here's the, oh, there's the blockade. Oh, good old Rick Ollie. Um, yep. You know, as they're as they're fleeing, you know, they can't fire back because they have no weapons. But what uh, I think is worth noting is that the Royal Starship has two things in its favor. It has good shielding and it's fast. Um, right. Yes. That's that's its defenses. You know, uh, it, it's it's able to withstand some punches and also get out of the fight, uh, which I think is just like a really beautiful reflection of the Naboo people themselves. Um, so, yeah, yeah, just just love the heck out of the ship. And the last thing I want to know is how badly I've always wanted the toy of this, you know, the oh when it came God, out, with yes. you know, in ninety nine with the Phantom Menace line. I mean, it's like a playset in and of itself. Yeah, it was so mm-hmm. cool. Uh, I I forgot to look up the retail of what it was when it came out, but at this day, you know, this day and age, Jason, you're lucky if you can find that thing probably under five hundred bucks. Uh, I mean, it, it is an ex- it is an expensive toy, um, but it's such a cool toy, and I've seen it in person a couple of times at comic shops and. It's just so cool to look at. Um, I and it, it was like one of those toys like young Carl always kind of just like yearned for, even though I never got it. Um, so that also just like peaked peaked the intrigue of that ship that uh, that I could never quite have. Yeah, no, it's a really good one. I'll have a few thoughts on it later on, but yeah, it's a it's a great one. And I'm actually just doing a quick Google search, and I'm finding stuff. Uh, there's a used one on eBay for $150, Carl. Ooh, you don't might have say. to, uh, I might have to, uh, do some, some exploring on eBay after this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we will see. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, it's a great ship. And like I said, I'll have a few thoughts on it later, but my, my number five is one uh, that I'm pretty sure is on both of our lists. And, and it's a really, really great design. Uh, it's about as close as you're going to get uh, to an attack helicopter in Star Wars. And that is the Republic gunship. Mm. Um, that is 
you know, obviously introduced to us in uh, Attack of the Clones when the clones come in and rescue all the Jedi in the arena. Just uh, the the shot of look, and then the <laughs> the music kicks in and the ships descend down into the arena and around the survivors a perimeter create um, the most awkward line spoken in all of Star Wars, <laughs> and it's delightful. But yes, the the Republic gunship, I. I freaking love the design. It, it's mm-hmm. got these great wings, the the cannons, the the ball turrets are yes. interesting. So um, cool. and then of course, you know, those those can be detached for different configurations and things like that. And obviously you see them all over the place in the Clone Wars as well, mainly getting blown up as they try to land on planets, but you know, that's <laughs> war for you. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, no, it, it it's a really really cool ship, and uh, obviously it's it's what ferries all of our heroes into battle and into danger, and sometimes out of danger, as the case may be, depending on the situation. Uh, but yes, it it, it is the uh, <laughs> the ship that takes you to adventure, apparently, <laughs> into heated adventure but, often. <laughs> right, very heated, often under fire, uh, and uh, fingers crossed it doesn't get blowed out of the sky. There's been more than a few crash landings that our heroes have had to walk away from in those things. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I I love the heck out of that ship. So I'm I'm going to just reserve my comments for it uh, a little bit later on. Um, so which brings me to my number four, which I know in fact will be on your list, and I'm sure you'll have a lot to say also later on, but it's the N1 <laughs> Naboo Starfighter. Um I love this ship. Uh, it is a sh- yes, as you're doing, it is a chef's kiss to Star Wars spaceships. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, it is. You know, I mean, so similar to the to the Royal Starship, you know, again, uh, uh kind of just this uh this expression of Naboo beauty, right? Then the Naboo people, you know, all of Theed, the the city itself, all of its ships. There's just a a, a a sense of artistry to the way that these things are created, you know. And it's always funny in Star Wars, and this is across all eras of Star Wars, how so many of these spaceships are so aerodynamic. Which, if you really think about it, doesn't make any sense because in space there is no air. <laughs> um, right. But right. Uh, but the Naboo starfighter is just—it's such a sleek design, and to me, it's just a, again similar to this Royal Starship. It's an expression of the, the the engineering style of Naboo. You know, things are made not just for functionality, but for beauty as well. Um, and unlike the Royal Starship, you know, it does actually have weaponry. You know, it's it's its its sole purpose is to often escort the Royal Starship. It's to it's to provide security. Um, but more than anything, it's it's it is just a sign of beauty. You know, I feel like the the, the Naboo starfighters aren't particularly. The intentionality isn't to be a vehicle of war, um, but to be a thing of martial design and 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 something to inspire awe and wonder. Um, and you know, kind of a behind the scenes thing, the coloring of it is very George Lucas. Um, oh yeah, George's favorite car that he had growing up, which I'm pretty sure is the one he had that terrible car accident. Was it, it was like a really yellow sports type car. And you know, that, yeah. that was the color of the main car in American graffiti. It's the color of Anakin speeder and attack of the clones, right? Like yellow is a consistent color throughout uh, the prequel trilogy. Um, so I just, I love the color uh, of the ship itself. And you know, the, the, the fondness I have of the ship isn't just watching it on screen, but um, even though I never, 
owned the game, I loved playing the Rogue Squadron game on Dreamcast, and you could play as the N1 Starfighter. Now, I know that there was that entire video game, Naboo Fighter or whatever. Which yeah, Star I've, Wars Starfighter. Star Wars yeah. Starfighter, which I've never played, so I have no experience of that. But I do remember in Rogue Squadron, eventually you could unlock the N1, and I loved playing as the N1. It was just, I mean, it was such a cool-looking ship. I loved flying around in it. Um so yeah, it, that is my that is my number four, and and I know you have some comments about it. I'm sure later on. Yeah, actually, there are two games about the, there's there is Star Wars Starfighter, which takes place literally like just before and during um, the Phantom Menace, and then there is Naboo Starfighter, which is I think during Phantom Menace and after. Um, it, but anyway, mm. it's neither here nor there. There are two different <laughs> games now that okay. I think about it. Um, but yes, fantastic starfighter. I will reserve comment. Number four, however, for me, <laughs> um, we're, we're going to go to a, another very sleekly designed expensive ship. Um, and this being Count Dooku's Genosian solar sailor. Mm. Um, it's, it's fascinating. Obviously, you know, the, the main, you know, the main ship itself is it, it's a sleek, you know, small design, you know, perfect for slipping in and out of Coruscant when you're, you know, Count Dooku, head of the Separatist Alliance, and you need to meet with your master, Darth Sidious. Um, perfect for all of that. However, when you're traveling in space and that shield just opens up, the the, the solar, the, not the shield, the sail opens up. I love the concept of it. You know, the concept of, of a solar sailor, it, you know, it uses the solar radiation out in space to pull it along. And it's uh, I know, you know, some of the, the the specs, if you will, say that it's a very fast because of that. You know, it's it's a very quick ship. It's small, with, you know, which is perfect for someone like Dooku to get around in. However, the just the concept of, of having the solar sail in an era of hyperdrive and turbines and all of this stuff is really really cool um so the it, it's a it it's my take on it is that it's a it's a modern reimagining of an old design you know much like our modern yachts you know are very different from you know a sail uh, a sailboat you know mm-hmm. going across the sea uh, that kind of thing you know but it, it's a modern reimagining of an old design and, and it's just a really cool ship. And the, the way that the solar sail is deployed and retracts and just the shape of it and the, 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 the opaqueness and the, I don't know, the whole thing is just really fascinating and really cool. And the concept makes me want to go back, makes me wonder why we haven't seen more solar type ships when we go back to like old Republic times and Mm. stuff like that in some of these other media and things like that. So maybe, maybe we'll see some more of that as the, you know, the, the new story group kind of winds its way back into some of the old Republic era. Uh, But yeah, yeah, that's my number four. I love that ship. Um, uh, I mean, I'm going to mention it a little bit later when we, when we hit our quick honorable mentions, but uh, I love that. I I had a feeling it would be on your actual list. (laughs) Um, yeah. And, and all those things you said, Jason, it just, it makes me think of, this is the perfect ship for Count Dooku, somebody who, 
who has this reverence for uh, for things of old, right? Um, Dooku himself, like he he loves. I believe it's form two, the Makashi style of dueling, right? It's the, it's a, yes. fe- it's, it's the gentleman's fencer style. So of course right. he's got the gentleman's solar sailor, right? You know, it's, exactly. it's such an expression <laughs> of Count Dooku. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a very, it's such a simple design. I mean, it's essentially just a, a, a big escape pod, you know, it, 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 it shape looks so similar to a lot of the escape pods we see in Clone Wars. Um, mm-hmm. but there's, but there's a sleekness, there's an elegance to it. And, and that's really captured by the solar sail, you know, that it, like you said, it's not just running on a uh, coaxium or whatever, you know, it's, it, yeah. it, it actually uses just the, the power of the sun itself. Um, which if you, I mean, gosh, this is me just really digging deep at this point, Jason, but if you think about it, I mean, <laughs> what is, what a Sith thing to do though, right? To, to draw the power from the sun, to harness it for your own means, right? Kind of, kind of an odd star killer base, star killer you know. base, yeah, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I uh, love the solar sailor. I, I, like I said, I, I had a strong feeling it would be, it would be on your, on your list. Well, well, I'm glad I didn't disappoint. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what's your number three? My number three is 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 a Jason cheat. Um, So back in the day, you haven't done this in a while, Jason, but back in the day you used to do uh, you would you would sneak things into a top five that weren't like a would be like top five moments from and you're like, well, it's kind of this whole scene. It's like, okay, that's not really a a moment, but we'll take it. Um, And uh, (laughs) you haven't cheated in a while, Jason, but I'm I'm bringing back those days because I just couldn't decide between the two. But it's it's the two Jedi starfighters. It's the it's Mm. the Delta seven. And the uh, the ETA two, uh, I don't know if they call it ETA two or or ETA, but uh, I, I I love them both. You know, I can't really decide which one I like more than the other, so I, I'm just lumping them together. Um, but uh, what what really uh, the main thing that stands out the most to me is how both of these ships require a hyperspace ring, right? Like they're not yeah they're not self sufficient enough to have their own built-in hyperdrives like later starfighters will. And I think that was the one thing in the prequel trilogy that I felt kind of different differentiated these ships from some of the fighters of the original trilogy, right? Like an X wing, a Y wing an a wing, all those ships can go into hyperspace, but these fighters from the, the prequel era, they're not quite there yet. You know, they can, but they need the assistance of this ring. Um, and, and something that actually stands out to me, Jason is I, I never really, paid much attention to just how vulnerable you are in these ships until uh, it's pointed out in, in the book Thrawn Alliances, uh, one of the newer Thrawn books where Anakin and Thrawn have an adventure down on Batu, and Anakin has this genuine concern because he obviously leaves his his uh, hyperspace ring up up in orbit. And he at one point tells Thrawn that he's just a little bit nervous that the, these pirate groups that are around might blow up his uh, hyperspace ring and strand him there, right? Because that's the true vulnerability yeah. of having to rely on a hyperspace ring is if that thing gets destroyed, you're kind of stranded there until somebody can come help you. Uh, so I think that's just one thing that is really unique to me is, right, like the, it, it, it reveals kind of a vulnerable side to the Jedi when they're going on these missions. You know, if, if you blow up their hyperspace ring, they're, they're in a little bit of trouble. Um, right. But the kind of 
I love them both for different reasons. I think there, there's a there's a real sleekness to the design of the Delta Seven, right? The one that we see yes. in Attack of the Clones, and we and we do see it as well in the in some of the Clone Wars episodes before they upgrade to the to the ETA two. Um, but I like how it's kind of shaped like a dagger. Um, it, to me, it just kind of it's it's kind of a a moniker of who the Jedi are, uh, especially prior to the to the Clone War era, that they are they're kind of just you know they're direct, they're sleek, they kind of slip in and just get the job done. Um, and then when they upgrade to the to the ETA two model, which which we see for the for the first time on on screen in, in Revenge of the Sith, uh, it's it just seems like it's a little bit more utilitarian. You know, it's got those those uh, it has a- actual S foils that can deploy on it. Um, and it start sounding a little bit more like a TIE fighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and, and those, the ETA two feels much more like a, a ship designed to, f- for combat, right? The Delta seven yes. is, is almost more of like a stealth ship, if you will. Right. Like it, it's perfect for a Jedi kind of slipping in and doing kind of a, a, a private mission, but the ETA two is, is it kind of shows up to, to, to pack a punch, if you will. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I, I, I just, like I said, I just couldn't decide between them. I mean, I, I love them both very much. Um, and I think, uh, I, I, the, the couple moments, one moment for each of the ships I just want to highlight real quick is I love in the, the, uh, asteroid pursuit in attack of the clones when Obi-Wan is trying to evade Django. I love that the Delta seven has a trunk <laughs> and a trunk <laughs> that can just, you know, De, you know, prepare to deploy the spare points guns. Deploy them now, you know. Um, yes. uh, fire them now or whatever. But uh, yeah, I love that the Delta Seven has a trunk, you know, which to me is just like, yeah, it's perfect. You know, if a Jedi is going on a on a mission for a couple of days, they've got to have a they've got to have room to 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 store some supplies, um, spare parts. Yeah, yes. spare parts, things like that. The spare tires go in the trunk, um, right? Exactly. You know. <laughs> Uh, and and you kind of can't beat the just the iconic opening shot of Revenge of the Sith as you know oh. Anakin and Obi Wan's ETA twos just kind of fly over the Venerator Star Destroyer and there's just such a coolness to these fighters that they are they are they are the 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 World War Two Spitfires of the the prequel trilogy if you will right like they're <laughs> they're there to, to to show up and do battle right. Yeah, no, the, the Jedi Starfighters are fantastic. I definitely do have a favorite of the two okay. Jedi Starfighters, uh, and I will tell you which one later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> however, no, they're, they're both really great. Uh, and I I had a – I debated putting the second one on my list in and of itself, but I decided since I already had one on the list, I'd make room for some other cool ships. Um so I do like them both. However, one I definitely prefer over the other. And like I said, I'll get to that a little bit later because uh, we're starting to get to some of my favorite ships. However, my number three is not either of those. <laughs> my number three uh, is much related to my number two, and it is Asajj Ventress's Fanblade Starfighter. Uh, first introduced to us in the Gendi Tartakovsky Clone Wars and then brought back in the actual Clone Wars uh, series. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's really cool. It's a, such a unique design. Uh, I also have acquired the Micro Galaxy um, version of the Fanblade Starfighter, so that might also be part of why it's so high on my list because I do love uh, just flying it around the living room on occasion. <laughs> uh, 
it's a really cool ship, and the I will never forget watching the Tartakovsky Clone Wars and watching just how the the fan kind of helps it just kind of tip back and forth and kind of almost turn on a dime and make it super maneuverable. Even though it's got this this big old fan kind of on the back, you have to be coming at it from the side to really hit it because it's so so thin. It's such a small profile if it's coming right at you, which is dangerous. Um, but it, I don't know. It's such a really unique design, and it's really cool to kind of, you know, place it next to something like the Solar Sailor, uh, you know, sort of a similar relationship between it and the Solar Sailor as the Naboo Starfighter is to the Queen Starship kind of situation, I would imagine. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't have, like, super specific reasons as to why I think it's a cool design. I just think it's super awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very unique. And uh, obviously, there's not very many of them made because it's Asajj Ventress's personal Starfighter. Um, and I do like the fact that we get it, in, you know, a, a sneak peek of it again in Brotherhood. It does make an appearance in Brotherhood um, when Asajj is trying to snatch the Jedi youngling away from Anakin and Obi-Wan uh, at the end of that book. So, uh, yes, it's it's great. It's fantastic. It's deadly. So don't get on Asajj's bad side, apparently. Um unless you're prepared to send an entire squad of droid starfighters to take her down because your master told you that she's no longer of any use. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) like Dooku did. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, that's, that is my number three. And, and for those of you wondering, yes, I am indeed playing with it as I talk about it here. Um, so Carl is watching it whiz back and forth across the <laughs> camera uh, as I just mess with the the fan blade and play around with it. Um, Not yes, mad about I it. I am a least. child. No, in many you, cases. no, you're fun. That's the correct way to put that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is this was not one that made my list, and I uh, I love that it's on yours. And and like you said, I mean, it is. There's such a similarity to it to Dooku's Solar Sailor. Just. Just kind of the sleekness because the, the the tail fin itself just kind of elicits what it looks very similar to the actual solar sails of Dooku's ship. Um, right. And because we don't really know the backstory of, of her ship, uh, at least I don't know it. Uh, maybe it's been revealed somewhere. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was inspired in design. You know, Asajj seems like the type that she would have a custom ship built for herself. But it seems like it was probably inspired by what Dooku had. Um so yeah, it, it's it's a great ship, and the fact that it has those really powerful cannons on either tip as well, right? It, it, the way it flies mm-hmm. is is really impressive. I mean, she gives Obi Wan and Anakin a run for their money several times throughout the Clone Wars during dogfights, um, and to be able yeah. to do that, especially with Anakin, I think is impressive. And and like you said, right? I mean, it was introduced in the Gendi series uh, first and foremost. Um, which it, doesn't she use it to shoot Anakin down before their duel on Yavin Four? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah that's so. what she uses to. Well, that, no, he lands. No, he, no. Does he land? No, he, no, he doesn't land. He, he maybe he makes an emergency remember. landing. Yeah, I can't quite remember either. I'm sure there's those of you listening right now. Who I mean, they they hit answer. each other. They both like shot each other. Okay, hit each other with. I don't. I don't remember. I don't think she shot him down. Okay, but. 
she blew up his starfighter once he was on the ground looking for her. On Yavin that 4. On Yavin 4, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's a great ship, though. I love that it's on your list. Yes. Um, uh, what about you? Uh, we're at number two. Oh, my are, goodness. Yes, we are at number two. Um, and my number two comes exclusively from the Clone Wars, and it is the Twilight, uh, the ship that belongs to Anakin. In the Clone Wars series, uh, it is a G9 Rigger class light freighter. Uh, I Wikipedia that. <laughs> I didn't actually know it. Uh, um, but uh, some quick history in case you didn't know. This is a, this ship originally belonged to. Jason, do you know who it originally belonged to? I don't. Who did it originally belong to? Zero the Hut. Oh, that's right. It's in the Clone Wars movie. Just- yeah. Um, so it gets – they it gets – that crash lands in, in the that movie and Ahsoka and Anakin assume it as their own. Um, Jason, why couldn't we have done this at night? <laughs> when it was cool. <laughs> no, it's so bright out here. Why couldn't we have done this at night when it was cooler? <laughs> that was that was a line that was said more than once uh, when Carl was out visiting me. Uh, because it was very bright and very hot. Very uh, hot. Yes. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, the 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 Twilight and in, in, honestly, Jason, like I've always I've always liked this ship. I don't know that it would have ever been a top five of mine until I really started rewatch. Like I did a. I'm doing a Clone Wars rewatch, even though I'm still kind of paused after finishing season one. But it, it's in season one quite a bit, um, and. I think, uh, you know, similar to the Naboo Royal Starship, my my favorite thing about the ship is that it is kind of uh, a, a home ship, if you will. And especially in season one of Clone Wars, you know, during the Malevolence arc, we see Anakin, Obi-Wan and Padme on it. You know, they're escaping from the Malevolence. They're doing all these fun, you know, sh- sh- uh, things with it. And it just reminded me of, you know, the Millennium Falcon being pursued through the asteroid field. You know, it's the sense of our, our big three finding safe haven there that they get to come together on that ship. And I think something else I really love about the twilight is the fact that uh, <laughs> it's, it is Anakin's, you know, uh, for, for being a Jedi, who's not supposed to have possessions. He owns a ship, um, you know, and, <laughs> and what I love about it is that it's kind of a bucket of bolts. Obi-Wan refers to it as that a couple of times. Um, Obi-Wan borrows it when he goes to Mandalore to try to help uh, Satine, you know, in that Mandalore arc from season four. And when he lands and the, you know, the, the landing ramp doesn't quite come down all the way and he has to like kick it a few times. Like that's the last time I borrow a ship from Anakin. Um, (laughs) You know, I love the twilight because it's such an expression of Anakin. It's a fast ship. But it's also kind of cobbled together from a bunch of spare parts, you know, and that's what Anakin grew up doing. You know, the mm-hmm. Twilight kind of gets to be this continued expression of of, of Anakin's love of tinkering. Um, yes. And it gets and it gets our it gets our heroes out of a lot of jams. You know, that's what I love about the Twilight. Um, you know, it's a really cool design. It, it kind of looks like a B-wing in a way. Right. Just the 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 the, the shape of it has a very B-wing type of effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I think, I, I think that's really what stands out the most to me about this ship is, is, is it's really a continued expression of, of Anakin more than anything. Um, and, and as a result, like 
Anakin's biggest desire is to keep the people he loves safe. And he's constantly trying to make sure that, that, that the twilight can do that, that it can keep, you know, Obi-Wan safe when he's barring it. It can keep Padme safe when she's on board it. Uh, and Ahsoka, you know, uh, it's, mm-hmm. I would almost argue it's the, it's the closest thing to the millennium Falcon we get in the clone Wars series, right? Like the ship that yes. is used the most by our main heroes. So, uh, that's why I love the twilight so much. And I wanted to ask you this, Jason, cause I don't actually know mm-hmm. the answer. D- did they ever make a model of it that you could buy? Like, did they, I don't think they did, but do you know off the top they of your head? I have, um, I well, let me take a look. I can, they I can go to the like one of those, one of those, um, those die casts maybe. Yeah. That's something um, I could think of. Uh, yeah, um, but I can look that up, Jason. You don't have to do it. Um, I'm curious now. Okay, <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, I, I can still I, talk while I look. Um, I was I was surprised that this ship made my list, but as I as I was watching through season one, I was like, I really like this ship because it, it's it's these are I mean that's my favorite trope in a Star Wars ship is 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 that it's a place that our heroes can find safety in. Um, so and the fact that it is it, it's a possession of Anakin's, uh, I think, is also just really intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just to, you know, confirm anybody's curiosity, it looks like uh, it did have a diecast release, but also a Lego release. And that's about it. OK, so I got to get my hands on something. It looks though. like the and it looks like the diecast was a very limited run. So. Good luck finding that for <laughs> yeah. cheap. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, let's. Uh, it's a great ship. I, I, it wasn't one of my favorite designs. It was kind of boxy, and I definitely prefer uh, ships that are a little more sleek, a little more uh, unique. I think, uh, but the reasons why you like it. Uh, definitely makes sense to me. You know, it is sort of uh, a home away from home when they're on a long mission or they have to go undercover. Uh, it it really is, as you said, Anakin's uh, ability to keep tinkering, and and that's it. Almost feeds that more than anything for him. It's 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 his hobby. He doesn't. He's not able to like build pod racers anymore. He has to keep tinkering and improving the Twilight. Um, so it's a great ship. Um, just not quite one of my favorite designs. Uh, there's things higher on my list. I'll just put it that way. That's fair. Um, but totally fine. Uh, my number two though is the Delta seven Jedi starfighter, um, mm. which is the, the first version of the Jedi starfighter that, that we get from attack of the clones. Um, I, I prefer the the variant that they have in the Clone Wars just a little bit more because it's got an actual droid socket rather than just an attached droid head. But they're close enough. I don't really like consider them two different ships. It's just a variant on the same ship. Um, but no, I I always like these starfighters. They're small. They're nimble. Uh, it's it's very simple, very basic design. It's just a you know essentially a flying wedge with a cockpit. Um, and it, it's, it's simple. And I think that's part of why I like it because sometimes simplicity 
works great. Other times, you know, it's totally fine if it's not simple. But for the, for the Jedi, they're it matches the Jedi, I think, more than the the ETA two mm. Jedi Starfighter does because it is you know a very simple, um, unassuming kind of starfighter. It, it's it has the capability of defending itself and going into battle and and being very effective in battle, but it doesn't give off the impression that it is there purely to cause destruction and mayhem. It is not an aggressive looking ship, despite the fact that it is sort of shaped like a a spear tip or an arrowhead or something like that. Uh, It is simple and subtle enough, I think, that it seems non-threatening, which is, but is very capable of inflicting damage if needed, which is much like a Jedi and their lightsaber. So mm. I feel like the the Jedi Starfighter, the Delta Seven Jedi Starfighter, is a great sort of reflection of what the Jedi are um, in their their more utilitarian aspect, uh, and and it and how it it shapes you know not shapes them uh, moves them around the galaxy and that sort of thing. So. Um, and like you, I also really like the fact that it has a, a hyperdrive ring. It's a, you know, we're able to get ships that are as fast and maneuverable in the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, but you get the impression that the technology is advanced enough to put the hyperdrive inside those ships as well. Uh, if you wanted to put the hyperdrive inside a Jedi starfighter, you'd have to lose some of the maneuverability and the speed. Uh, is the impression that you get because obviously if you could put it in, you would. Uh, but they can't, so they have to put the hyperdrive on it. And of course, you know, we get the uh, um, the season two episodes of Clone Wars where Anakin and Mace Windu get trapped on Vancor hunting down Boba Fett and Asajj, uh, and Ara Singh. Um, and R2 has to escape the planet to contact the Jedi in order to get a rescue out there. And he takes Anakin Starfighter and has to try and, you know, uh, fool Boba Fett uh, into destroying one hyperdrive ring instead of the other that he's going for uh, in order to escape because uh, that's the only way he's going to get out of there. So it's just a really, that's one of my favorite moments, I think, as R2 piloting that and, Tricking the Slave One and Boba Fett hmm. into uh, blowing up the wrong hyperdrive ring in order to escape. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I love it! I love it. Um, well, Jason, before we give our our favorite ships of the prequel era, um, we each have a couple of honorable mentions. We can just throw out. I'll throw out mine first. Um, and you already you already talked at length about one of them, which is uh, Count Dooku's Solar Sailor. Uh, the other one I want to, the other one I want to mention is the Arc One Seventy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the 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 new Re- not the new Republic, excuse me, the Republic's kind of gunship uh, fighter craft that seems to be very much the uh, the the precursor to the X Wing, right? Uh, we really only see it in the movies and. and opening of revenge of the Sith. Obviously we get it a bit in the clone Wars series. Uh, just, mm. just love the design of it. Love that it is kind of this tanky fighter craft. 
Um, it really is the Star Wars version of the A10 Warthog. Um, mm. Yeah, that's a that's a U.S. fighter plane for those of you wondering, and I know about it because they're housed in Tucson. So oh, cool. that's that's where the A10 fleet is is housed, and everyone in Arizona loves those those planes because they just don't die. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, I, I just yeah. had to. That yeah, no, it, but yes, uh, go ahead. really cool ship. And then the last one I want to mention is just the Venerator class Star Destroyer, mm, um, yeah. which we see throughout Clone Wars and, and obviously even into Bad Batch and the early the early Empire days. Uh, it's so cool to think that that is the precursor to the Star Destroyer. I mean, it was pretty obvious that that's what it was when we first saw it in Attack of the Clones. Um, mm. But they're just the coloring of it, right? Like there's that that dark that dark maroon coloring. Um, the fact that the bridge has like these these dual uh, you know, towers to it. I don't. There's, it, there's just. It just looks like a good guy ship, whereas the Star Destroyer <laughs> looks like a menacing Imperial ship. Uh, it's funny right. how that it it goes from kind of this this design of uh, uh of protection into a design of uh, malevolence, if you will, mm-hmm. for the Imperial Star Destroyer. But the, the, those are the ones I definitely wanted to make sure I mentioned because I also really love those ships in the prequel era. Yeah, the the Republic Venator class uh, cruiser almost made it on Oops, the list. Venator, I saw Venator. Just... Whoops. <laughs> As, whatever. Yeah, Venator, executor, Venator, executor. Just, close enough. <laughs> yeah. Executor, executor. Right. It, right. It depends on where in the galaxy you're from. Ex- um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Han, Han. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Sabak, uh, Sabak. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh but yeah, my, my honorable mentions real quick. I'll run through them. Uh, you talked about it at length already. The Queen Amidala's Royal Starship from the Phantom Menace. Definitely on the list. It's just so sleek and so classic. Mm. Um, it, it kind of just gives off the classic car vibe to me a little bit. Um, so it, it's it's really great. Uh, the Trade Federation Lucrehawk class battleship. I love that thing. That's It's the big one with the arms and the the ball in the center of it uh you know that we get in all of the uh prequel movies and the clone wars and you know it was always a big surprise to me when watching attack of the clones the ball i can actually detach and descend to the planet and i was like oh what that's cool (laughs) um but yeah i it's weird i i just i really like that that starship uh the cruiser but whatever uh and Captain. then the other one I want to mention is a Clone Wars uh, ship, and it's the Trident-class assault ship. And these are the ones that look like uh, squids um, that uh, fly around and can also swim oh. underwater. Oh, yeah. uh, so they obviously they're, uh, they're there in the Water War episodes on Moncala, but also they're there when they have the attack on Kamino, which is kind of their, their, big, uh, their big show-stop moment. Uh, where they're leaping up out of the the oceans of Camino and landing on top of the buildings and and stabbing in and just, you know letting all the troops uh, you know off and all that stuff. There, it is a really unique design and a really cool uh, something I never expected to see, but I was really glad we did. So they're they're very cool designs. So that was the other one that I wanted to mention for my honorable mentions. What a so. love that that yeah love that you mentioned that I I 
totally forgotten about that. It always reminded me, especially the fact that it has like that drill function. Um, I don't know yeah. if you ever watched the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon from the 90s, but they had those. Uh, I uh, I can't remember the name of it, which is embarrassing, but those gr- those drill those drill things that went under the ground and then they would appear um, out of like seemingly out of nowhere. It just always made me think of that when I first saw those ships in, in Clone Wars. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're so good. And they're Teenage so good. Mutant. Yeah. What was that? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, no. Battle droids. Never mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, oh, my goodness. I love I love when they're. They're used on Camino on Topoca City, right? That that yeah. arc when they when they try to invade Camino, Ugh, such a such a cool looking ship, and it does look like a squid. So yes, yeah. I I had forgotten about it. I basically before this, I was like, I got to make sure I don't forget something. So I googled just like Clone Wars starships, <laughs> just to like <laughs> remind myself of everything that was out there. It's like I don't want to forget something. And I was like, oh right, that one. I want to make sure I talk about that one real quick. So. Yeah. Uh, glad I did. Thank you, Google. <laughs> <laughs> but Carl, that gets us to our number one. We've we've done our you know five through two. We've done our honorable mentions. What is your favorite starship from the prequel trilogy? Yes. Well, you mentioned it earlier, but it is the the LAAT Republic gunship, the uh, the low altitude assault transport. That's what the LAAT stands for. Um, I have loved this ship since the day I saw it in Attack of the Clones, and mainly uh, because it really reminds me of the B-17 bomber from World War II. Um, mm. my, my father is an aerospace engineer, and growing up, he, he's really into World War I and World War II aircraft. So growing up, my bedroom ceiling was just littered with uh, World War I and World War II model airplanes. And there was a massive B-17 bomber model that my dad hanging in the corner of my bedroom uh, and when I first saw the Republic gunship, I was like, that's ex- just reminds me so much of it. It doesn't look exactly the same, but the bubble turrets, right? The B-17 has the bubble yep. turrets, the tail guns and and all that. It just it reminded me of that, which, of course, that's classic George Lucas, right? I mean, going all the way back to the, the making a new hope and for stock footage for the for the end dogfight. You know, he's using old World War Two dogfighting images. Um, but, yeah, the, the lat gunship just reminded me of the b-17 and and really like when you think about it not even just an attack of the clones but specifically throughout the clone wars tv series it's really the workhorse ship of the republic you know yeah. um i mean it, it's it's it is a drop ship so its primary function is to work in atmosphere but it can clearly fly in space it just has to have the door closed <laughs> um so <laughs> right. that they're not exposed to the <laughs> vacuum of space um but you know i mean it, it it's built to take punches Right. Like it, it and, and what to me encapsulates that is, you know, that the scene in Attack of the Clones when they're pursuing Dooku on a speeder and they're getting shot at from behind. And it's just, you know, sh- it's kind of sh- shrugging off all these punches. Um, you know, it just it, that's really the purpose of the ship is to be able to take a beating and still get, you know, still get the troops and the Jedi to the, to where they need to be. It's it's really right. Quite quite quintessentially the workhorse. Um so yeah, and of yeah. course, there's also the variant where it can uh, drop in. The, it's the the cargo one where it can drop in the AA the ATTEs and all that right. stuff. There's there's really cool variants on it too. Yeah, but yeah, no. yeah. It's got those. Great. You know, it's got the great rockets in, on the top. Aim right above the fuel cells. Good call, my young pilot. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just I have always loved the ship, and 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 of course, my favorite scene with it is that iconic scene of, 
you know, they're they're in so much danger there in the the Geonosis arena. And Padme just says, look, and in come these awesome, you know, badass ships to just save the day. And the other thing I also really have always loved about the ball turrets there on the side is, you know, they they look like a mini Death Star ray, right? Like the way they shoot, it's it's. I mean, I think that's intentional, um, but it looks like a mini Death Star ray. The way it just it, it doesn't shoot like your typical laser beam, but it shoots kind of this elongated, uh, you know, consistent laser beam as opposed to a you know a laser bolt. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I love this ship so much. It's 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 built to take a punch, and and it's there to to get the job done. Yeah, get the job done. Get the troops in and out as the mission requires. So yeah. Uh, it's a great, it's a great pick. And if, if any of you are wondering, the uh, Micro Galaxy gunship is spectacular. If you have been asking yourself, do I want to get that? Yes, you do. Um, both Carl and I have one, so <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. So, uh, well, that leaves my number one, right? Yes, indeed, it does. And if you've been keeping track, you know which one I've mentioned. I'll talk about <laughs> later and haven't yet. Um, and that is, of course, the uh, Naboo N1 Starfighter. Uh, it is by far my favorite ship from the prequel era. It it definitely is a contender for my favorite ship in all of Star Wars. I'm not sure. I'd have to I'd have to really think about that. Uh, but. I love the sleek design. I love the sound of it. Uh, the The sound of it is is just iconic to me for whatever reason. It, it lives in my head, and that might be because the original, uh, you know, action figure sized ship that I had. You had a button that on the back. You obviously you two buttons. One did the engine noise, and one did the blasters. Uh, you know, the, the the cannons. And I played with that so much that I could hear that engine noise in my head anytime I wanted to. Um, but it's just a really great design. It's a, it's, you know, it's a compact starfighter. Um, it's a beautiful design. It's, it's, and one of the things I remember reading somewhere, I don't remember where it was, is that the Naboo always tried to craft and design their ships in order to complement the, the aesthetics and designs of the cities and the planet that they were protecting. Um, and the Naboo starfighter definitely, you know, meets that standard uh, to a T. Um, <clears throat> the it is uh, you know definitely very capable of doing its job uh, as a starfighter. You know, in order to protect and to attack, you know, as needed. But it also has this uh, this sense to me that it's also uh, kind of like the Thunderbirds. You know, when everyone goes out to the air shows to go see the uh, the Thunderbirds or the um, the Blue Angels or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, it's one of those things that people. I, I get the sense that the Naboo really likes seeing their starfighters out there. You know, uh, at least if I lived on Naboo, I would. I'd be. I go out to all the air shows just to see them fly and do the tricks and hear them roar overhead and all that stuff. Um, but if I if I had a personal starship um, from Star Wars, I would. I probably want to. Steal a Naboo Starfighter. You're not steal one. Ask for one. Very nicely. <laughs> um, but uh, I, many of you might remember I was on a mission for years to find they they made a uh, a second action figure size version of the Naboo Starfighter. Um, 
I'm thinking about 2010, 2012, somewhere in there. I can't remember what, what line it was. Um, I just remember having a blue box. Uh, and I desperately wanted it for years and years and years. And I'd try and look for it every time I went to a convention and stuff like that. One time I saw it, and it was just too much for what I had left. Because I saw it like on the last day of the convention. I had already spent so much money. I was like, I can't get it this time. Finally, though. Were you there? I'm pretty sure I was. Yeah, I, got, I remember this. Yeah, because it was, was, a, ce- quite was a celebration. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. One of the celebrations. I finally found it, and it is stupendous. I love it. Uh, and they are probably my favorite uh, starship toys that I have. Um, so yeah, there's. There's so much wrapped up. It's not just the design. It's not just seeing them in the movies and in, uh, you know, various other media. Obviously, having a N1, a modified N1 be manned ship now is really mm. cool for me personally. Um, but it's all kind of the nostalgia and the, the, you know, fact of how much I played with these. And the hunt for the one that I finally was able to get a hold of. It's all of that kind of wrapped up uh, into this ship to, to make it my favorite. Um, but I do truly, truly love the design of it. Um, but yeah, just remember, try spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well. Jason, those are obviously our favorite ships of the prequels. There are still a lot of ships we left un- unmentioned because um, do you think the prequels, especially when you, I mean, the inclusion of the Clone Wars helps a lot with this, right? I mean, there were so right. many ships introduced throughout all of the Clone Wars series. Um, and, and worth noting that between our two lists, Jason, you're, you were the only one to mention a, a like Trade Federation ship, right? Um, mm-hmm. I love trade federation ships. I'm, I am really glad you mentioned the, the, what's it called again? The, the big one, the, with the ball in the middle. Oh, the, uh, the Lucre Hulk. Yeah. That is a great ship. Like that certainly would have been close to an honorable mention for me. I mean, again, just cause they're not on the list doesn't mean we don't love them. It's just, there's so many to love hard on that. These are the ones that made our right, list. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, as always, you know, if, if, if you're listening, we always love to hear, uh, what what other folks are, are are loving when we do top five lists? Absolutely, no. There, there's so many great ones out there, and perhaps your favorite is one that we completely forgot about. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to tell us about it, we'd love that because we're like, oh yeah, I totally forgot. Because it's always great to be reminded. You know, yes. even a Google search can't hit everything, right? Um, <laughs> 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 but. Carl, if people want to weigh in on our picks or give us uh, their favorite ships from the prequel era, where can they do that? Well, they can get us over on Instagram at the Wampas Lair. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at Wampas Lair, or you can email us at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. Excellent. And anything else before we close out this episode? It's been great flying ships with you, Jason. I'm excited to do some more next week. Absolutely. And yes, folks, we will still be playing with them at the <laughs> desks while we record. Um, but thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode of the Clo- of the Wampa's Lair podcast. I almost said the Clone Wars podcast for some weird <laughs> reason. I'm sorry. Um, this has been episode 520, Top 5 Prequel Ships. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here 
in the Wampa's Lair. <laughs>